You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker, your daily Broncos podcast. The trade deadline hasn't even approached the Broncos yet as they are just days away from that, but that didn't stop them from making some major moves on Tuesday. Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. It is Crossover Wednesday. We're going to be breaking down the Indianapolis Colts game with Locked On Colts, but we got to talk about the main story of today, and that's Emmanuel Sanders has been traded from the Denver Broncos. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL, and also want to give a shout out to our sponsors of today's episode of the show. It's our good friends over there at Blue Chew and my bookie. We'll tell you about them a little bit later, but let's get into our Locked On Broncos lead story of the day. I'm Cody Rourke. The Broncos have finally moved on from Emmanuel Sanders in a big move on Tuesday. The Broncos have traded him to the San Francisco 49ers and a fifth-round pick. They attached a fifth-round pick to Emmanuel Sanders. In return, the San Francisco 49ers are sending the Broncos a third- and fourth-round pick from for, in the 2020 draft, so next year. So at this point, the Broncos have loaded up on draft capital, and potentially they go into the offseason with a lot of cap room, some tough decisions to make regarding some veterans, Chris Harris Jr., and also Derek Wolf, Adam Gotsis, uh, Shelby Harris. The list goes on and on. The Broncos have a lot of decisions they have to make, but coming into the 2020 draft, where you hold the capital version of having 12 picks, that gives you ammo to potentially move up. Now, it depends on where the Broncos finish as well, because if the Broncos finish top five, having some of these extra picks, if the Broncos are interested in a key player, which I'm going to say here is Justin Herbert. I mean, we know the Broncos selected Drew Locke with their second pick in the second round. And what I mean by that is they selected Dalton Reiser with their first pick of the second round. They selected Drew Locke with their second pick of the second round. But Justin Herbert has always been an intriguing option for John Elway and this Broncos organization. They were really high in him. They were going to draft him no matter what the cost may have been if he had declared last season. So really kind of keep an eye on that. Don't rule that out early on just yet, especially the fact we haven't seen Drew Locke come off of injured reserve. But Let's talk about the impact of this Emmanuel Sanders trade for this Broncos team. Now, evidently, John Elway held a press conference, a conference call with the media on Tuesday following the trade once it became official. And he mentioned something along the lines of after the Tennessee game, something along the lines that Emmanuel Sanders alluded to had suggested that he wanted to be traded. There was something that went on in that locker room. Between the Broncos and him, it could have been frustration due to a lack of touches. That's the rumored storyline right here. But both parties decided it would be a good thing for both of them to part separate ways. And we saw the post-game report from Emmanuel Sanders against the Chiefs after the loss. He was very vocal, displaced, and there was some tension there evidently with him in the offense, maybe not getting enough touches. So he goes to San Francisco where he's got the Kyle Shanahan-style offense. You've got got Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. You've got George Kittle as a dynamic tight end threat that can help spread the field he's going to an undefeated team right now that is a legitimate contender in the nfc so really the broncos get great value out of it with the third and fourth round pick in 2020 as well as getting rid of sanders who now the broncos wide receiver room is now left to youth which is not a bad thing but also the big storyline is 
How are the Broncos going to adapt with this? Which guys have to step up? Evidently, Cortland Sutton, John always said it. It is Cortland Sutton's room now in that wide receiver room. He is the number one wide receiver. He said in the offseason he was the number one wide receiver. Him and Emmanuel Sanders got into a little bit of a scuffle at training camp. You have to wonder if some of these things all tied together a little bit in terms of maybe the locker room and the vibe of everything. But now Cortland Sutton takes over as the number one target for Joe Flacco. And all season long, outside of a couple of games, Cortland Sutton has been the go-to for Joe Flacco. So they've got to find a way to get the ball to Sutton more early on rather than trying to get him late or taking a couple shots. they got to consistently find ways to get the ball up and also look for Deshaun Hamilton to step up in that number two role right now for the Broncos inside the slot. An underrated blocker who's actually had a pretty under-the-radar type year for the Broncos. The Broncos are very high on him. Broncos general manager and president of football operations, John Elway, mentioned that after the bye week, wide receiver Tim Patrick would be back. So more than likely, you're going to see a competition between Jawan Winfrey and Tim Patrick for that number three, number four wide receiver spot in the rotation on this Broncos offense, who has struggled the last couple of weeks getting things going in the second half, especially in the receiving game. The passing game has not been that great with quarterback Joe Flacco the offensive line protection. So now that the Broncos lose, one of the playmakers on that offense that could really keep defenses honest, who's going to step up? And I look for, obviously, the tight end. Look for them to get, you know, maybe Jeff Hireman, Noah Fant involved a little bit more. They've gone to Noah Fant quite a bit, but Deshaun Hamilton, Deontay Spencer, Jawan Winfrey, Fred Brown are also going to compete as well for some touches for this Broncos roster. They've got to be able to piece things together offensively, and it starts with their young wide receivers now. So the Broncos enter this last stretch of the season right before the bye week and then heading into their final stretch where it's it's just grind all the way up to week 17 with youth at wide receiver and not so much experience. So really going to be a big test for this Broncos team going forward, really determining where their head is at and could they potentially look at some wide receiver options in the 2020 NFL draft? Well, certainly when you receive as much capital as you did, you have an opportunity to make the most out of it. And there are some talented, speedy burner wide receivers that everybody's saying the Broncos desperately need to take a look at coming up from the ranks of LSU, Alabama, various places, Oklahoma, the Broncos have to take a look at wide receiver, maybe even look in the offseason of bringing in a veteran guy because it never hurts to have a veteran guy that's willing to take that backseat to a young guy like Cortland Sutton. So look for the Broncos to eye the situation and look for Tim Patrick to return after the bye week. And the Broncos look to have their wide receiver room with plenty of experience in terms of guys getting in the mix and getting more experience as they go on, as well as youth. Youth and experience combined might not be a bad thing. It may end up molding the Broncos through trial by fire. And this has been Cody Rourke with your five-minute update from the Locked On Broncos podcast. Now, as we get on to our crossover series here with Locked On Colts, I got to tell you guys about the sponsors of today's show. First off, we're going to start off with our good friends over there at Blue Chew. The Broncos relied a lot on Emmanuel Sanders to be that energizer in the red zone. They got to find another guy who's going to be the Blue Chew for this Broncos offense going forward. Well, it could be Cortland Sutton. It could be Deshaun Hamilton. It could be Tim Patrick when he returns. But the question is, when you are in the bedroom yourself, how are you going to improve your red zone efficiency? Well, you can use Blue Chew today. That's bluechew.com. Blue as in the color blue. They bring you the first chewable tablet with the same ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work and you can take them anytime, whether it's day or night, even on a full stomach. And because they're chewable, they work to do twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises for you and your partner. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. 
Blue Chew is prescribed online. They ship straight to your door in a discreet package. So no more in-person doctor's visit, no more waiting in the pharmacy. And the best part of it all, there's no more awkwardness. And because they're made in the USA and because Blue Chew prepares and ships directly to you, that makes them much cheaper than what you'd pay at a pharmacy. So right now, listeners of Lockdown Broncos here on this crossover Wednesday, we have a very special deal for you. You can go to bluechew.com and you can get your first shipment free when you use special promo code Locked on. That's one word. Locked on. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free today. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice. We want to thank them for sponsoring today's episode of Crossover Wednesday. Now, I also got to tell you guys about the other sponsor, our good friends over there at MyBookie. And as a true football fan, you already know, as much as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in every game. Every week in our favorite Gridiron Warriors put their skills to the test. So why aren't you doing the same at home? Because we're almost halfway through the NFL season. So now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorites, pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, you got to do the smart thing. You got to bet with the best Add my bookie. Now, if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, you can try a parlay. You just pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet. And when they all come through, the rewards will be huge. Are you tired of watching games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants to get your mind off of everything else and back on the game. Now, the best part of this is, is if you join right now, my bookie, they're going to double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they're going to give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit so you can use all of your favorite picks. So use promo code locked on. That's one word locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on to double your cash today. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into this special edition of Crossover Wednesday. I'm Evan Sire, the host of Locked On Colts. I'm here today with our Weekly guest, or as far as our crossover Wednesdays go, we have the guest of each visiting team on. And this week we have Cody Rourke, the host of Locked on Broncos. How do you know that, Cody? I'm great. How are you, man? I always love getting together and doing these crossover shows, especially because we get an insight. Each fan base listens to Locked on Broncos, Locked on Colts. They get an insight into the opponent's game plan, what to expect. And I think it makes fans a little bit more educated for every matchup. Oh, absolutely. I would definitely say that's the case. And I know our listeners love listening to Crossover Wednesdays every week on Locked On Podcast Network. But let's dive into this matchup here, Cody. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on this because I imagine you had it on your podcast earlier today or even on this podcast as well. What's your impression of the trade the Broncos made today with Emmanuel Sanders? They sent him off along with a pick and they got back the fourth and a fifth round pick, I believe, from San Francisco in that trade. Yeah, so they were able to get a third and fourth round pick in next year's 2020 NFL draft. They attached a fifth round pick alongside Sanders, sent him off to San Francisco. Uh, you know, really for me, especially coming into a matchup where this week we were told as media, you know, we were uncertain whether or not he was going to play in this matchup. It was possible, but more than likely he wasn't going to play if they were really looking at trading him and, and so on. They traded him. And so really it's, it's going to be a young Broncos offensive attack that you see with wide receivers there. Really the veteran guy is Joe Flacco. Outside of that, everybody is young. Cortland Sutton takes over as the number one wide receiver. Man, but definitely a crazy start to the week here before this matchup. Yeah, I would definitely say so. And I think the Sanders move is going to change a lot of things for the Broncos offense. And let me ask you, is why no Colts fans are intrigued by this player on your on your roster, on, especially on the offensive end, Philip Lindsay. I think a lot of Colts fans are kind of worried about if he breaks out against this team. We saw Josh Jacobs of the Raiders break out against the Colts a couple weeks ago with their rushing attack at around 175 yards rushing. Do you think that's the plan for the Broncos here against this Colts defense without Joe Flacco's play recently? Maybe you try to run it up and try to get, get Philip Lindsay going early and often? 
Yeah, I would say that would be a big part of their game plan. However, they've gone away with that the last couple of weeks. They came out against Kansas City. They established the run a little bit. Then they were able to take some shots in the passing game. But, you know, it, this is a different defense that the Broncos are going against with the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I'm not entirely sure on the injury status of Darius Leonard. Is he still out right now? And, and obviously, we know that they've been banged up with some injuries. But you have Justin Houston. You have some other guys. Pierre Desir, a guy that I've loved at cornerback. Rocky Sin, I always loved that as well in the draft. Malik Hooker. You have a lot of talent on this defensive side of the ball. Which guys are healthy and which guys, you know, maybe stop in the run? Because Philip Lindsay, they, they want to run the ball with them. They've been unable to consistently put rushing drives together after, you know, they have success in the first quarter. They go away from it in the second, third, and fourth quarter when things aren't working and they try to pass a little bit more. They've been caught in a little bit of a catch-22. But, you know, this is a tough defense that they're going against this week. Yeah, I would certainly say. And Darius Leonard actually came back on Sunday, had a big game, led the Colts in tackles with 10, also had a game-sealing interception on Deshaun Watson at the end there, tipped the ball up the, and got himself on a really acrobatic interception. Malik Cooker himself as well, he's going to be back after missing a month of action with the tournament is because he announced today he'll be playing against the Broncos on Sunday. They're ball-hawking free safety. who had an incredible interception week one against the L.A. Chargers. Kenny Moore is really the only player right now for the Colts defense who is questionable there they're starting nickel cornerback who's a very versatile Swiss Army Knight piece for that defense but outside Kenny Moore and now Cody this this Colts defense can be healthy for the first time really the most healthy they've been since week one well in the way that I saw them get after Deshaun Watson last week which I mean he's having an MVP type season and the way that they were able to fluster him get pressure on him condense some of those rushing lanes where he was able to extend plays with his legs step up into the pocket maybe make some of those throws going against even DeAndre Hopkins and some of the talented receivers that they have in Houston I was really impressed with the Colts game plan they've been a tough team this year both those teams as I mentioned the Colts and the Texans you know were able to go into Arrowhead and beat the Kansas City Chiefs who had just beaten the Broncos 30 to 6 with without Patrick Mahomes and so when I look at this matchup on paper it doesn't look too well for the Broncos advantage given how their offense has played lately now I think the really the biggest question is is can they be able to isolate some of those matchups and, and maybe go away from Darius Leonard a little bit can they take some shots with some of the young guys can Joe Flacco bounce back and have another game but then I look at the pass rush we look at the Broncos struggles on offense with the tackle position Jabal Shear and Justin Houston as pass rushers off the edge to me, I'm very concerned about that and whether or not the Broncos can adjust. Yeah, it's certainly, I think this defense, it's, it's very intriguing how this Colts coaching staff goes about it. Usually teams just go with their scheme week to week. But now Frank Reich on the offensive end, he, he's a game-by-game game basis as far as his game plan goes. He mixes up even go heavy run or heavy pass. And that same goes for the defense here too. For the first time in the last two games, Cody, we've noticed a lot more man coverage from the Colts defense. It used to be the top team in zone coverage, about 75-8% of their snaps were zone coverage. But now we're seeing more more man concepts mixed in. It's a more of a 50-50 mix instead of like a 75-25 mix. And it's doing wonders for this Colts defense. You see guys like Rocky Asen, Pierre Desir doing well on the outside boundaries. And also as well, you have Curry Willis, a rookie safety for Michigan State, who's really impressing the Colts so far. By far, I think he's one of the best tacklers on this team as well. So this secondary is young. But I think the way that Matt Eberflus, defensive coordinator, is going out mixing up his concepts it might confuse the Broncos offense a little bit. And that's something that the Broncos haven't done a very good job of. You know, obviously a first-year offensive coordinator, Rich Scangarello. Play calling hasn't really been the issue for the Broncos. It's been situational and obviously I'd say, you know, where they've been placed 
field position on the field. The Broncos have faced a lot of drives inside their own 20. They've also had penalties hinder their drives, holding calls. I look for the Colts in this matchup defensively to disguise some coverages, send some nickel blitzes at Joe Flacco because a lot of times his pocket awareness the last two weeks hasn't been there. And when teams have been able to blitz off the edge and, and to send a nickel alongside the outside backer, the defensive end, obviously in this case for the Colts, then that's where the tackles have a lot of issues in terms of who to pick up. And, and it's led to, obviously, you know, the Broncos coming off of giving up eight sacks on Joe Flacco. That is absolutely something that has been abysmal for them this season. It's, it was almost doom and gloom. But you got to wonder, especially coming into this matchup, the Broncos haven't performed really well on the road, especially when it's an 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, start time for the mountain time zone. Those early games are harder for them. So really, I say right now on paper, it's not looking good for the Broncos preparation especially given everything that's happened but they got the distraction of Manuel Sanders out of the way they're coming into this game fresh young and focused on building that offense going forward especially as the bye week approaches I think one question Colts fans are wondering about this Broncos offense is that offensive line like you mentioned here Garrett Bowles has been struck on the left side you've seen others having issues on that line I think Oakland was a, another example of a team I think the Colts are overlooking them because they're looking ahead to that Chiefs game the week after that and they got surprised by that rushing attack is this offensive line been a worrisome red flag for you all for, for the Broncos all season Cody you know I would say certain positions on the offensive line that have been concerning to me and it's the tackle positions it's at left tackle with Garrett Bowles it's also at right tackle with Elijah Wilkinson now the Broncos free agent acquisition Juwan James is expected to be back making his return from a knee injury that he sustained week one against the Raiders on Monday Night Football he's expected to be back but really the interior of this Broncos offensive line has set up the run game for them rookie Dalton Reisner at left tackle you have uh, Connor McGovern at center and Ron Leary at right guard but Ron Leary has struggled himself as well He's been slower to the step, being able to get up to the, to the line of scrimmage, even getting off to the next level to inside linebackers. And, and certainly when you're going against guys like Anthony Walker, Darius Leonard, you got to be able to step in front of them and try to seal them off so Phil Lindsay, Royce Freeman can get to the outside and, and do that. But that's going to be the biggest concern for me, to be honest with you, is can they – Get to the can they get up to the ball? Can they get off the ball as, as soon as it's snapped? I mean, firing off the ball has been the biggest thing. It almost as, it appears as if the Broncos have been knocked off the ball by every defense that they've gone against this year in terms of their offensive line. They've had moments where they piece things together, but overall, I'd say they've been very inconsistent. And going into this matchup, I, I'm definitely concerned about it. Yeah, it's really just curious for me because this Colts offensive line is all of a sudden one of the best in the NFL for years. We saw Andrew Luck suddenly retire from the from the league this year at the end of August because of the offensive line woes in the first part of his career. But now this offensive line led by Quentin Nelson, you have Anthony Costanzo at left tackle, Ryan Kelly at center, Mark Lewinsky at right guard, and Brains at the right tackle. They're just mauling opponents left and right so far this year. Does that worry you at all from the Broncos' point of view? Does this defensive line, do you think they're capable of holding up against this, this blue wall, so to say, that the Colts have? You know, it's going to be a really fun test, to be honest with you, and especially you mentioned it starts with Quentin Nelson, who, in my opinion, when you take a look at that offensive line for the Colts, he's the engine, he's the motor for that offensive line because he is nasty, he's tough, he's versatile, he likes to bury guys, knock them down, and then bury them again. I think really for the Broncos, can they fire off the ball? Mike Purcell, nose tackle, is going to have his hands full this week, going up, lining up in a zero technique or a one technique with Ryan Kelly and Quentin. Nelson there because usually your center and your guard will double team and then get up to the inside linebacker so really it's going to be a big test for the Broncos nose tackle and for their inside backers Todd Davis and Alexander Johnson they've been playing really well since they've been back and obviously Alexander Johnson's been inserted into the starting lineup defensively but like I said when you're going against a power running team 
scheme that loves to run behind Marlon Mack. And you have Jacoby Brissett, who himself, he can take the ball and he can keep it for extended yards. And you just have all these different options. This is a dangerous offense for the Broncos to be going against this week. And I think it's really going to start within the trenches, which I know is cliche because we know the game is won and lost in between the trenches. And usually it sets up the passing attack. So I think for me, looking at this game, it's going to be big for the nose tackle and the inside backers for this Broncos defense, especially going against this offensive line. I think one player that Colts fans are worried about is one on the defensive side. I think this is a cliche answer, but Von Miller, who who is one of the more impressive pass rushers in the NFL, but when Jacoby Brissett, for those who are wondering from the Broncos' point of view, he really struggles against pressure so far this year. In a clean pocket, it's a completely different story. He's able to get his easy reads and hit his one-two step and fire, fire a rocket to the seam, but when he's under pressure and there's multiple buys in front of him, it's usually inconsistency, some wild throws sometimes. Do you think the Broncos and Von Miller can get pressure on him? That's the hope. I mean, pressure's been there for the Broncos. They haven't necessarily generated a lot of sacks in terms of when you take a look at it. I mean, they had seven sacks against the Tennessee Titans. It was a great formula for them to have there. But they were unable to get to the quarterback against the Chiefs, especially Matt Moore, who really stepped in for Patrick Mahomes when he went down with that knee injury. But here's the deal. A lot of people have been saying that Von Miller hasn't had the same year and that he hasn't had a very good year. But it's actually the quite opposite. Von Miller's actually had a pretty good year for the Broncos. It may not show up in the stat sheet, but if you go back and you watch the All-20 to film he's created opportunities for other players on his defense and whether it be the inside backers or whether it be Derek Wolf who Derek Wolf used to create opportunities for Von Miller by commanding double teams now teams will double team and they'll chip Von Miller with a running back or slot receiver to make it to where he can't get to the quarterback that's where other guys like we had Bradley Chubb unfortunately who went down with an ace tail injury look for Malik Reed Demarcus Walker those guys to step up and maybe get some pressure Jeremiah Tachu as well uh, it's going to open things up for them but at some point you have to wonder when are things going to open up in terms of Von Miller maybe getting to the quarterback I would expect that Broncos defense coordinator Ed Donatello obviously the mindset of Vic Fangio they're going to disguise some coverages this week and they're also going to send a lot of pressure at Jacoby Brissett because if he has time to sit back in the pocket like you mentioned clean it's going to be a long day for the Broncos secondary who's struggling opposite of Chris Harris Jr. I think another interesting note about this game Cody as far as from the Broncos point of view is whether they can create points in this game because we've seen Joe Flacco struggle a lot in the past couple weeks especially against Kansas City at home on Thursday night football if this is a game in the high 20s or low 20s do you have any confidence in this Broncos team that to maybe win in a shootout Ah, you know, it's very tough. Can the Broncos offense score points? That's been the thing. They haven't been able to score points in the last couple of weeks, and it's been the most concerning trend uh, for them. I would say if we had to take a look at it, not necessarily a play calling, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, but they've been unable to score points. And I think the, what the Broncos defense doesn't want to get into is a, is a dynamic game where you are in a shootout because – they are young at several positions, and, and they can't afford some of those mistakes. And a lot of those positions the defense gets put into is all because of the Broncos' offense. Now, now, granted, there was a couple, you know, there was a strip sack fumble against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that puts the Broncos at a disadvantage. Uh, you know, I'd say, really, the Broncos have to come into this game plan trying to stop and slow down the rushing attack of Marlon Mack. you got to be able to contain Eric Ebron, who really is a, a dynamic threat for the Broncos' defense to coverage. Kobe Brissett having a great year being extended after the Andrew Luck news. But I say the biggest thing is Chris Harris Jr. against T.Y. Hilton. That's going to be the fun matchup to watch because outside of that, uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for this Broncos team to make plays and there's also a lot of opportunity for the Colts to make plays offensively. Yeah, I think this this game is going to be actually intriguing. I think it's going to be closer than people think because this Broncos team can show up some weeks. We've seen it against Jacksonville, seen it against Green Bay and Chicago the first three weeks of the season. And even it's 
LA Chargers, they won 20 to 13. This defense can be lights out at times, and they're statistically one of the best in the NFL. And the Colts cannot sleepwalk in this game, Cody, because we saw it against Oakland. If they, they, they're kind of shell shocked early on against the Raiders. They're down 14 nothing in the first five minutes of this game. Do you think this offense, even though they've been kind of sputtering the past few weeks, do you think they can have a, a hot start in this one? Because I think that's, that's going to be key for the Broncos. If they can get up to like a 7 or a 10 nothing lead in the first few minutes of this game, it's going to go a long ways to making this game competitive throughout. I, I think really the key for both teams here is if you can control the clock. I mean, you take a look at the Colts. They do have big play uh, passing capability, but really their identity, I believe, behind that offensive line is power running with Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. And, and I think the same thing for the Broncos. Their identity has to be in the rushing game. So really I think it boils down to who can convert on third down, who can convert obviously in the red zone. That's been a big, big area of concern for this Broncos offense. And defensively, who's going to make – uh, the most plays. And I think really it boils down to be, if you can do that and you can control the time of possession, either as the Colts offense or the Broncos offense and whatever defense can force a turnover or get a takeaway first, I think, you know, it's going to determine this game. It's going to be tough though. I mean, like I mentioned, this is a tough matchup on the road for the Broncos. They've proven that the road has been a tough challenge for them, especially in the early time zone games, the, the beginning uh, start of the morning. So I think the biggest test here for this team is really how they respond, and especially coming off of an embarrassing loss where it was just completely demoralizing. Before we dive into our main keys to game, our prediction of this game, Cody, I want to get your impression of your head coach, Vic Fangio, in his first year in Denver. I know Colts fans are loving Frank Reich and what he's doing, how creative his offensive schemes are. What's been the impression in Denver so far of Vic Fangio? You know, I think fans are a little impatient due to the win-loss record, Denver sitting at 2-5. and five. But I can tell you this, I've spoken to multiple Broncos players, being there at training camp and talking to them week to week, and they are bought into the culture that Vic Fangio and this coaching staff have brought to Denver. Now, it, it goes back to the spring. We, had, we talked to Vic Fangio, and he even said that things may not turn around right away in year one. They, you know, there still may be a lot of growing pains. And the Broncos are certainly going through that right now. But I can tell you this, the players are completely bought into the culture. And obviously, the guys that weren't, are gone. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders traded today. Uh, you know, I think that that was a big key for the Broncos, maybe getting rid of him because he wasn't bought into the culture. That he became a little bit of an issue in the locker room. Some reports had kind of surfaced there. Uh, but the players are bought in. Vic Fangio, Chris Harris Jr. loves him and, and says that he's one of his favorite coaches he's ever played for. Von Miller really appreciates him as well. So it's going to take some time. And, and, you know, likely it's, I hate to say it's, it's cliche as heck, but like Joel Embiid said, the Broncos and, and their fans have to trust the process because it isn't going to just turn around just like that. The Broncos have declined since Super Bowl 50. Now they got to trend upwards and, and they're taking the steps to do it. And it starts with like the little things like not making it to meetings late. I mean, last year they had guys showing up to meetings five minutes late and th this year everybody's on time and they're working hard. They're focused and they're constantly, you know, being coached up. So I think it's definitely heading in the right direction for Denver. I'll give you the floor here first Cody, before I go into my three keys to the game. What would you say is Denver's biggest three keys as far as maybe pull off a, a stunner in Indianapolis? You know, I say the biggest thing, come out and establish the run. If the Broncos can run the ball the way they did against the L.A. Chargers, Phil Lindsay having over 100 yards in the first half, being able to utilize that and maybe coming away with 150 yards on the ground against a very, very stout and stingy defense who likes to send pressure at quarterbacks' faces, I'd say that would be the key for them offensively. Defensively, you got to create turnovers. You can't just allow Jacoby Brissett to sit back in the pocket, especially with T.Y. Hilton, who's one of the best receivers in the National Football League at getting open, especially across the middle of the field. And they'll line him up tight. They'll run them on a drag and out and up they like to just cross them uh so defenses have to almost run into each other you can't play zone against him you got to hope that you can play tight press man-to-man -man coverage underneath to be able to slow him down and i think really special teams to be honest with you 
are going to be key as well because they went for a fake punt last week down 10-6 and it snowballed effect into a score. So, you know, I'd say it's got to be a complete phase. It's a tough game. The Colts are, in, in my opinion, outside of the Patriots, are one of the top teams right now in the AFC. They're finally getting that respect that they deserve, and they've got a very, very tough team all across the board. And so the Broncos, they can't be afraid of that status, that title, especially that they beat the Chiefs and they also beat the Texans. They got to come into this matchup almost with the mindset of David versus Goliath. From the cold side of things, Cody, I think from this one, the first key is pressuring Joe Flacco. Like we saw against Kansas City, who the Broncos allowed eight sacks to. If you get to Joe Flacco early and often, it's going to be a long day for the Broncos offense. And Justin Houston has really awake in the last couple of weeks. He has three sacks in his last two games, only had one in the first four games. I think that trip to Kansas City really sparked a revival in him. And it could be a long day for the Broncos offensive line if they can't contain Justin Houston. I think that's going to be a, a huge key to this one. I think Flacco – in in the pocket, he's not he's a statuesque quarterback, of course, but if they can just keep him really off his reads and getting to him immediately, it's going to be a long day for that Broncos offense. And as well for me, I think Brissett keeping a clean pocket as well. Von Miller is one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. And I think for, for a guy like Anthony Costanzo, he's been one of the best left tackles in the NFL, actually the number one left tackle per pro football focus this year. I think that's a huge matchup in this one. If Costanza can have his way against Von Miller, I think they're going to keep Brissett clean, who does amazing in a clean pocket. He was 22 of 26 last week against, against the – he was 22 of 26 against the Houston Texans. And overall, you look at that kind of statistical success, I think that just goes to show you if he does have a clean pocket, this offensive line with Costanzo and Nelson and Kelly on the left side, it could be a, a great day for the Colts offense, and it could be balanced too. And my final key is establishing that run for the play action because – we saw it last week against the Houston Texans as well. If you establish the run, even if it's not working, they had 26 carries for only 65 yards, but it established the run. It made the defense focus on that. And the play-action pass with T.Y. Hilton, Zach Paschal as well, he's really emerged for them. Eric Ebron, those kind of guys on crossing routes and deep patterns could really have a big day against this Broncos defense. So I really think this kind of game is one as well that the Colts can't overlook because you saw already with the Oakland Raiders when they lost in a stunning fashion for them. If they can avoid those kind of mental errors, I think they can cruise to a win here. I I absolutely agree. I think for both teams, it's going to be a pivotal matchup, especially as the AFC. You look all across the board, everybody is kind of struggling. There's only a couple teams that really sit at the top of the AFC, and a lot of teams, I mean, from about the 12th spot to about the 6th spot right now in the rankings in AFC, it's completely wide open, and that can mean wild card positioning. So the Broncos sitting at 2-5 and five, can't afford to lose many more games at this point, and obviously they got to rise to the occasion against a very tough Indianapolis Colts team who can't overlook the Broncos, who could one week surprise anybody in the National Football League. So, Evan, I think this is going to be a very fun matchup, and I look forward to watching it and breaking it down. Well, absolutely. I think it's going to be a, actually a really close matchup in the first half of this game, Cody. I think there, it could, there's a real chance it could be like a one-possession game or even tied at halftime if the Broncos can have some success early on with their defense and their rushing attack, but if, as far as my prediction for this game, Cody, I'm going to go 27 to 10 Colts. I think the second half of this game is when they really pull away here and make this a double-digit win. I'm certainly with that. I don't necessarily do score predictions because I always feel like it's bad juju on my end. I just know that it's going to be a physical football game and uh, whoever makes the least amount of stakes and, you know, really comes into this and attack and, and can establish those keys to the game, I think will win. But definitely a lot of respect for the Colts. They've, they've definitely earned it. They're becoming that powerhouse team once again. And really with all the questions surrounding Andrew Luck's departure, suddenly there were, everybody was wondering what are the Colts going to look like now? And uh, they've really kind of ignored that noise and they've put on a tremendous start to the season and, uh, it's been fun to watch from somebody who loves the game of football. I definitely appreciate it, but I definitely look forward to this matchup. I think it's going to be very fun to watch, and obviously we'll see who comes out on top. If you guys want to go ahead from the cold side of things, go ahead and follow Cody at Cody Rourke NFL 
and at Locked On Broncos on Twitter. If you want it from the Broncos perspective to follow me on the Colts side of things at Locked On Colts, this could be a fun matchup like we've mentioned on today's show, Cody. I think it might be a sleeper kind of game as far as there's kind of similarities on both sides here. Maybe Vic Fangio can get to Frank Reich a little bit with their familiarity in the past. And I think it's going to be actually a really intriguing matchup. So I've enjoyed, enjoyed the discussion with you, Cody. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. And Colts fans, appreciate you guys as well. If you want to jump into the discussion, like Evan said, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. And Broncos fans, please follow Evan and Locked on Colts at Locked on Colts. Get into the discussion. It's going to be a fun matchup.